Good morning. How are you doing? Isn't it awesome that God, by his grace, has given us another couple weeks of summer? Let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, it's so beautiful. How many thought that Rose was going to just preach? Huh? I love it, right? How many would like for Rose to just preach? All right, perfect. Perfect. I'll be taking a couple weeks off. That's nice. Thank you for that. That is good. It is so good to be with you this morning. And I have an exciting message to share with you that God has put on my heart. As we rediscover church, there's an idea that I, I saw as I was looking at the early church, which was their deep devotion. Their deep devotion to the things that happen in community. And this morning, I want to talk about three main areas. As we rediscover devotion, I think that there's three areas that we see in Acts chapter 2 that will be really helpful for us as a community. The early church were devoted, devoted to three things, devoted to discipleship, devoted to fellowship, and they were devoted to generosity. They were devoted to learning, to coming with anticipation to the house of the Lord to lean forward to receive. They were devoted, devoted to fellowship, devoted to gathering in life groups, house churches, and they were devoted to generosity. And I think these three areas really show and prove a healthy community. You see, devotion is remaining faithful to a person or a task to adhere firmly or to persevere. See, devotion is to persevere. To persevere. Our hope, our desire this morning is as you rediscover church, you would become faithful followers of Jesus. Devoted to discipleship, fellowship, and generosity. We live in a world where devotion is replaced with desire. We live in a world where we do what we feel like doing. And do I feel like going to church today? Do I feel like learning from God's word? Do I feel like laughing at Joel's jokes today? You know, we do things just based on what we desire, but that is not devotion. Devotion is discipline. Devotion is a decision, not a desire. The early church was devoted to discipleship. They didn't just kind of feel like it some days or kind of feel like it another day. They were devoted completely, all in. Didn't matter what they felt like doing. Didn't matter if they desired to come. They were disciplined. They decided to come. Many of you have decided to come this morning. You know, I, I, I thought about this. The last eight months, this church has been in complete renovation. And all of you have come. At least many of you. I lie to myself and I say all of you. But you have been devoted. Like, think about what we've just endured the last eight months. You have said to yourself, nothing is going to keep me from the house of the Lord. That's not desire. That's 
devotion. Thank you. Thank you for using porta potties, men. Thank you, ladies, for using a bathroom. I heard last week you turned on one faucet and the water just poured out the one side. I mean, seriously, thank you. Like, I feel like you're preaching the sermon this morning because you've showed up. Every week, all of you and those at home. So first thing I want to look at is Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. I heard a few Bibles turn. I heard some pages turn. And I'll tell you, I was encouraged at the sound. There's just something, just something about that sound that just makes me so happy. I know we live in a world that's digital, but I love the, I love the real, the real thing. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. The first thing I want to look at this morning is a devotion to discipleship. That as you rediscover church, there's a rediscovering of this devotion to discipleship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You see, the church is a place to learn, a place to grow, a place of understanding, a place of knowledge. Who is God? What is the Bible? What are the truths found in the Bible? What are the principles found in the Bible? That church is meant to be a place that you learn, but not just intellectually, that we wouldn't just receive information, but this information needs to lead to transformation. And transformation happens when we make a decision to apply what we're learning. In other words, it's not just enough to learn about God. We need to apply the things that we learn. Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, says that the result of discipleship the result of the apostles' teaching, what the early church was experiencing was a life filled with miracles. He said, awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. In other words, they were devoted to discipleship, and the result of discipleship was that awe, wonder, Signs. The Bible says signs and wonders follow those that believe. How many believers do we have here? A little whoop whoop, a little hand up, a little yeah, man. You know? 
I'm a disciple if I am seeing a demonstration of the power of God in my life. A devotion to discipleship means demonstration, not just information. Signs and wonders. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 4.20. He says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The kingdom of God is not just a matter of learning information. The kingdom of God, living the kingdom of God is not just about a little bit of learning every Sunday. No, the kingdom of God is a matter of power, a matter of demonstration. Sometimes I feel like I'm just a tell Christian. I'm just a Christian who tells people about God. I'm just a pastor who gets up here and tells you a little bit about God each week. But we weren't created to be tell Christians. We were created to be show and tell Christians. See, I can tell you about my God. I can tell you about the Bible. I can tell you what I've learned. But it's much better for me to show and tell. And a devotion to discipleship is that we would measure our discipleship not on how much we know, but on how much we show. Signs and wonders were all around the early church. So as they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, there was a demonstration of the power of God. Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God with power in his teaching. Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God with love, compassion, a demonstration of the Spirit. Many years ago, I looked at my spiritual life and I realized that I was one of these tell kind of Christians. I I went to Trinity Western University. I studied Christianity and culture, you know, history of Christianity and theology. And I graduated from there and I was working in construction management. And after about four years, I realized, like, what is the Christian walk? Why am I here? What are we supposed to be doing? Like, I've read the Bible. I could tell you about the 66 books. I could work my way through a little bit, theology-wise. But is that the point? And I realized that although I knew a lot about Christ, I didn't look like Christ. I knew a lot about them. I knew the stories. Sunday school. I could tell you every Sunday school story through the Old Testament and New Testament. 
I can tell you a lot about God. But if you looked at my life, you wouldn't see it. And I realize there has to be more to being a follower of Jesus than knowing about Jesus. You see, when Jesus ascended and he left the church, he left disciples. Not just disciples that could tell you about him. Not just disciples that could say, oh, I remember on Straight Street when Jesus healed this person. He, wasn't that great? Jesus left an empowered church to do what he did. Because followers of Jesus look like Jesus. See, being devoted to discipleship is a devotion to being a show-and-tell Christian. And it's quite simple. Our lives should look like Jesus. Does my life look like Jesus? Do I love like Jesus? Do I listen like Jesus? Do I learn like Jesus? Do I live like Jesus? Our second area of devotion is the early church had a devotion to fellowship. This isn't just getting together. The word here is koinonia. In verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. This fellowship, this koinonia, is a sharing, a participation. It wasn't just getting together. It's that they shared and they participated in one another's lives. And this breaking of bread, I love this image because this breaking of bread is they took a loaf and they would break it from one loaf and they would pass it around. They would sit around a table and they would have table fellowship and they would break this one loaf and they would all eat from this one loaf and they would all get a piece from this one loaf. Have you ever gone out recently for lunch or dinner with a group of friends at a restaurant? And you sit down at the restaurant and you sit around a table. What do they bring you? Menus. And everyone at the table orders something different, usually. And people order vegetarian options, gluten-free options, vegan options, meat-only options. I just want dessert. I just want ice cream. Let's create brunch because people can't decide between breakfast and lunch. And you got breakfast, lunch, dinner, brunch, dessert only, gluten-free, vegan, vegetarian. I don't know how these restaurants do this. But when we come to church... This isn't a restaurant. See, devoted to fellowship means we come together. We eat from one loaf. We digest it all together. We are in fellowship together. 
We don't just take one sermon or one song. Oh, I like when Keaton sings. I like when Gabrielle sings. I like when Jemima sings. I like when, when Doug sings. I like when... No. No, no. We come together and we eat. And it's nourishing. I understand dietary restrictions. I don't like fellowship restrictions. I like one table with all nations, all ethnicities, all genders, all gender identities, all sexual orientations. Everyone come to the table and everyone eat of the loaf. And everyone is welcome to eat of the loaf. One bread. See, in many churches, and when I say many, I include our own, I see some replacement theology. I see a stage has replaced a table. I see preaching over prayer. I see performance over presence. Entertainment over fellowship. But the early church gathered in koinonia, fellowship. And they shared. They shared the bread. They shared their lives. They shared their weakness. They shared their struggles. They all participated. Everyone served. Northside Church is not run by professionals. We're not even amateurs. But Northside Church is meant to be all of ours. Let's take ownership. This is our building. This is our place. This is God's house. This is our home. That's sharing and participating. For those that are new, I'm sorry. You're probably going, this is a little heavy. I just showed up here. My point is that the early church did things differently. And it's because of their devotion. Devotion to the teaching. Devotion to fellowship. It says in 40, verse 46 that day by day they attended the temple together. Day by day they came to church. Can I get an amen to seven day church? Amen. Every day they came to church. It says every day they came to church. But every day they broke bread in their homes. Every day they went to church and every day they went home with some families. That's fellowship. Rediscovering church is a rediscovery of this fellowship. And COVID has robbed us of this fellowship. In fact, COVID continues to rob us of fellowship. People are still uncomfortable meeting together. 
because of COVID. Uncomfortable. And I get that people have many different physical issues. I totally understand. And I'm not saying that we should just throw out wisdom. But at some point, we need to move from fear and begin to rediscover fellowship and rediscover gathering and begin to think for a moment that is three years too long? Am I going to give up fellowship forever? Am I going to stop meeting with people forever? Am I going to keep my kids from, from Sunday school forever? Like, how long is too long? We have lost something the last few years. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to go get what was robbed from me. I think church needs to look a lot different. And I don't just mean the renovations, but praise you, Jesus, for renovations that are soon going to be over. Glory to God in the highest. By Christmas, they're going to be, no. But as the building takes shape and looks different, would you position your heart in prayer to say, Lord, am I devoted to this? Am I devoted to fellowship? Thirdly, our last point is a devotion to generosity. They had everything in common, verse 32 said. And 46b says they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. Revival is the result of devotion. Revival is the result of unity. Revival is the result of a devoted community. Let the Lord add the numbers. Are we together? Are we devoted? Are we showing up? Are we show and tell kind of Christians? Let the Lord add the numbers. So many times I'm like, how do we add numbers? How do we get more followers? How do we get more people watching? What should we do differently? And round and round we go. This, let the Lord add the numbers. Are we devoted? Am I glad and generous when I eat in the house of the Lord? Verse 32 to 37, this is convicting. I'll read it all. The full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him or her was his or her own. But they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person anywhere among them. For as many as were land owners of lands or houses, they sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to any that had need. 
Joseph, who is also called by the apostles Barnabas, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Anybody selling a house right now? I know someone is. You don't want to put your hand up. I feel it. I feel it. Imagine this. Imagine. Imagine. Glory. You sold your house. You know, your third house. Not your primary residence, of course. And you put all that money in cash in a dump truck. And you backed it up to the church. And you just dumped it. That's what they did. It's called socialism. No. It's... Man, that kills my last point. But... Thoughts fly in, they come out, no filter. But can you imagine if we lived like this? Can you imagine if we lived like this, if, if no one was in need? I'm not going to read what happened to Ananias and Sapphira, who also sold the field. And they withheld and because they withheld, they were actually struck dead. I'm not saying God's going to strike dead those that withhold. But I will say, you will not be blessed. Generosity is God's way of keeping us humble. And it's his way of pouring in more. When you're generous, you don't lose, you gain. Withholding and lack leads to no financial blessing. Don't do it for the church. Do it for your life and generations to come. But I will say this, the early church, they brought everything they had so that no one was in need. And this morning I look out and I see everyone looks good. New clothes, came in a car or by horseback or by the bus. But you look like you have it all together. I, you can't possibly be in need, right? No one here is in need, right? We know that's not true. But they brought their belongings. And so this morning, I brought some of my own belongings in this basket. Now, I don't want to go home with anything in this basket because this is what I brought. These are my belongings. You can't keep the basket because Sonia would kill me. But whatever's in the basket. Now, how many this morning, on your way home, you're going to stop at IGA and you're going to pick up a couple tomatoes? Anyone? Yeah? Okay. Good. Here you go. That's some tomatoes for you. Here. Sorry, you're going to have to get up and come or else 
the camera guys are going to, here you go. These are fresh. Those are from our garden this morning. They were picked this morning. Anybody need, um, anybody need cucumber? Cucumber. Yeah? All right, ready? No, just, here's a couple cucumber picked this morning. These are fresh. Bless you. Hold on, I got some, I got some more, I got some more. Uh, anyone else? Uh, okay, I got some carrots, and I call these the Trinity because they're orange, purple, and white. Anybody need carrots? You're going to go home this morning need carrots? Yeah, okay, all right. Andrew and Alyssa, I like it. All right, let's get them those carrots. Okay, all right, I got more, I got more. Hold on. Hold on. What else we got? Okay, now, these are going to be fun. I got hot peppers. I got chili peppers, and I got jalapeno. Which one do you want? Jalapeno. Oh, man, a spicy, a spicy. All right, all right. Some chili peppers. Bless you, Ernest. Good to see you. Okay, okay. And hey, listen, the same person can't get two of these things, so don't. Okay, and who needs a dozen eggs? Okay. These are, these are, <laughs> these are my babies. So these are our eggs. These are from our chickens. They were, um, I pulled them out myself this morning. I mean, out of the cabinet, not the chickens. Okay, now I got, I just I got one more, I think. Let me see if it's in here. It's not in there. Okay, listen, I got one more thing. Is anyone's anniversary today? Your son? That'll do. Wait, do you, do you like your son? Next week? Okay. Anyone's birthday today? Your son. Okay, well, I hope your son likes flowers. Yeah, here. These are for your son. Yeah, these are picked, these are picked this morning. You can keep the uh, mason jar. That's what it was like. I just brought their stuff. Is there anyone here this morning that's in financial need? Anyone here that's in financial need? Anyone? Yeah? Okay, I'll meet. Here. Bless you. Bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Wow. It's harder to admit. You can see that. No? No? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Joanne. Man, about time. Bless you. Of course. Bless you. All right. Yeah, glory. That's... That's church. You didn't let me finish before you clapped. Because the, the point is, we all bring. As a church right now, we're, at, we're, we're struggling actually financially. It's been a very rough summer. And our building project is going to go a little bit over budget. 
And we're at a, po- a point where, as a church, we need devoted generosity. And I don't want you to give because I'm asking you to give to the church. I want you to seek your own heart when it comes to generosity. Because through the church, we reach the community. We plant churches in Ethiopia. We have leadership development in Ethiopia. We contribute to single moms ministry here in the local community. We run youth programs and young adults ministry and Sunday services. And and we're reaching the community. And we are devoted to that. But we need partnership. And we need ownership. And we need devotion to generosity. I want to pray for us all because I, I believe that God is going to flow through our community, our church, in miraculous ways. And he's going to continue to do that as he has for 42 years financially. And I would invite you to partner with us in the ministry here, locally and overseas. And I want to pray for us this morning. Father, I pray... I pray, Lord, that you would prompt us in our hearts, Lord, that as children of the living God, we do, we do not lack. We have all things that we need, and we have ability to bless others, Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that as we are devoted to discipleship and learning, And we are devoted to fellowship in this gathering, this participation. And we are devoted to generosity, Lord. I pray that you will add to the number. You will pour out your blessing. That Jesus, you are our living hope. We are here because you have pulled us. Pulled us out of pits of despair, pits of depression, anxiety, fear. You've pulled us out of poverty, depravity, sinfulness. And you are our living hope, Jesus. We praise you this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's worship together.